What's up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam. Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators all over the world. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. If you're looking for a book to read, I've written four Kids Deserve It, Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls, and Teachers Deserve It. As you can imagine, they are all available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. And if you'd rather listen to the words than read them, Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audiobook. And if you're looking for a keynote speaker for some professional development or a kickoff with your staff or a conference, I would love to work with you. I've given well over 300 keynotes all across across North America with breakout sessions, coaching, leadership strands, ed tech, you name it, and I would love to work with you. You can email me directly, adamwelcome at gmail.com, or you can go to my website, mradamwelcome.com, for more information about speaking and also my other podcast and blog. Bhavna Sharma Lewis, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Adam. Thank you. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. We chatted on the phone, I don't know, six, eight months ago. I was driving across some state and we were talking about other things on the phone. And then I was like, I gotta have Bhavna on the podcast and you're busy, I'm busy. Finally, we are here. Everybody, make sure you go to Twitter and follow Bhavna B. Sharma Lewis. It is linked in the show notes as well. Bhavna's always just sharing positivity and just emanating positivity and fun and culture. So you got to make sure that you are connected with Bhavna. But introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Bhavna, who you are, what you do, and uh, just kind of how you got to where you are. Well, thanks, Adam. Thanks for inviting me. I'm just completely honored and flattered that you even thought about having me on as a guest because I know a how busy and popular you are so I'm just I'm humbled to be in your presence but personally Bhavna is a wife who has been married to the same awesome man for 26 years um I'm the mother of two college age boys um a soft junior I should say in a senior and um, just couldn't be more proud of them because they're living their best life. I am also a daughter, a sister, a friend, and an aunt to 10 nieces and nephews. And I share that with you because A, I want your audience to know, just have a personal connection to me, but also too, that, you know, family is my, of the utmost important, my priority and my heart. Professionally, I um, was a teacher for five years an assistant principal, a principal, a central office administrator. And then the past 13 years, I've been superintendent. I'm starting my ninth year in Diamond Lake. It's a district um, in Lake County in Mundelein, Illinois, about 40 miles north of Chicago. Um, I love my district. It is just absolutely amazing. It's a small, you know, we always say a diamond in the rough, small little district that not a lot of people know about, but we truly celebrate, you know, equity and diversity. We have about 40% of our our students uh, come in with uh, speaking English as a second language. 65% of them are, you know, low income and 12% of them have individualized educational plans. So it is just a wonderful place where I am honored to lead and humbled to be a part of an amazing team, an amazing community. Um, and I'm blessed to be there. So that's yeah. a little bit about me. Yeah, no, I love it. Speaking of diamonds, if anybody out there is listening, if you if you email or I think probably just like text, you know, you and I text back and forth, 
the diamond is your favorite. Like if somebody was with Bobna right now and they say, give me your phone and they go to the emojis and they're like, what is your most used emoji? Diamond has to be on the upper left. Like that, that's the one that you use the most. Cause you're always like diamond, diamond, diamond. I'm like, yeah, Bobna's dropping diamonds all the time. Um, I love it. So as a superintendent, how do you decide what programs and initiatives to bring into your district? And I would say the second part of that question is also, how do you decide to get rid of programs that are not just serving your students anymore? And I think whoever's listening, if you're a superintendent, this question is applicable. If you're a principal, if you're a teacher listening to this, you know, you have control over a lot of these things. So how do you decide what comes in and then also what goes out that's not relevant anymore? Great question. Um, we are really lucky in our district where we, like I said, I'm starting my ninth year. And so we've kind of had the same strategic goals and priorities for the past nine years. We always focus on academic, professional, operational, financial, and excellence and communication. So all of those things, that's kind of our driving force. And it's kind of our roadmap to everything that we do. And another priority is knowing all students by name, their strength and their need. So we figure out what our goals and priorities are for the year. How do they support academic, professional and operational excellence? How do we make sure that we have the correct financial resources for them? And then making sure that we communicate out to all of our stakeholders in a positive, informative and transparent way. And so what we do is whatever the goals are, we or initiatives are, we look at 100 day progress tracks. And what we we do that with our from the classroom to the boardroom. So our principals meet with their building leadership teams, meet with their classroom teachers. Then they come back and share with me at a district level. And then I share out with the board of what's working, what's not working, what do we want to keep continuing doing, you know, that's meeting our needs. What do we want to stop doing and what do we want to start doing? And we do that every hundred days. You know, and it's kind of like being on a diet, right? You I want to lose 10 pounds, but so you go on this diet and if you don't weigh yourself every day or check in, you know, with a coach and how do you know that that diet's working? How do you know that, you know, either you're getting stronger or you're losing weight or you're losing more fat, whatever it is that your goals are. So we do the same thing with our kids and the initiatives that we have, and then also making sure that our staff have you know, a voice and ownership in those decisions. So um, we look at a lot of data points qualitatively as well as quantitatively, and then we reevaluate. And if they're not meeting our kids' needs, they're not supporting them, they're not helping them to grow academically as well as socially, emotionally as a whole child, um, then we reevaluate and we communicate back out to our board that, you know, we're dropping this program and we're adding this one on or we're maintaining and strengthening and adding things onto that program. So I think just, you know, looking at it from a lot of different angles, doing a lot of progress checks, making sure that everybody has a voice um, as well as the students. You know, we ask students how they're, you know, how they're feeling about it with social emotional surveys that we ask. Do they have a voice? Do they have choices in what they're doing? Do they enjoy what they're doing? They're engaged. Are they interested? So just kind of keeping all those data points in check and making sure that our goals and our priorities match are matching our outcomes. Yeah, I really like that 100 day model. I've never heard that before. But everybody listening, think about a school year. It's so cyclical, like, okay, we're planning for the year. And then how many things start that don't continue or people just have this fixed mindset? Oh, I need to wait for the 24 25 school year, the 25 26. And how about the kids in front of you right now? If things aren't working, have that 100 day cycle where you can say, hey, 
this isn't working. Let's adjust it. Let's fade it. Let's bring on something new. Because if you wait a whole year, that's a whole year. And as we know, the data will show you kids can lose so much in just one school year. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. And I think it's it's also good for the staff and all of our stakeholders to say, okay, this is working and you don't have to wait the whole time, right? Like they also have an accountability piece, like, all right, we're going to have to be, you know, accountable to this data in November and then again in February and then again in May. And so, you know, it's those quick checks. And, you know, like I was saying, whether you're on a diet or if you have something wrong with you, you're not going to wait that, you're not going to wait a whole year to see a doctor, right? You're going to go in, you're going to get it checked. And he says, all right, or she says, try this medicine. Is it working? Come back to me, you know, in six to eight weeks. You go back, yes, it's working or it's not working. Let's try something else. So it's we kind of take that same outlook. The president calls you, Bhavna, and offers the job of secretary of education. What would your priorities be for the kids of this country? And as we know, a team is so important. Who would you take with you to be on your team in D.C.? Such a great question. Um, and I love, I love like these visionary, you know, big dream type of questions. But personally, I would bring my husband. Um, he is my accountability partner, sounding board, my idea guy, but more importantly, he's my mirror. And so he always asks me these tough questions. You know, are you sure it's working? How do you know it's working? Are, are, you know, is that the decision that you want to make? Did you communicate it in the right way? And he kind of just holds that mirror up to me. Um, you know, every morning we have these really thoughtful conversations about his day. What does it look like? My day, what does it look like? And at the end of the day, we reflect, you know, and say what worked, what didn't, you know, what could we have done better? What could we have done differently? So I just truly enjoy and appreciate that part of our relationship. So I would definitely bring him. I would not bring my boys, even though I would invite them totally if they wanted to come because they're living their best life at the University of Alabama. So why would they give that up to come to Washington, DC? So I totally would understand that piece of it. Um, my trainer, because he keeps me physically fit and strong. <laughs> also helps me with my nutritional aspects because I definitely want to keep you know a healthy mind and body um, to do the tough and demanding job of being secretary of education for the entire country. But honestly, who would I want on my team? Jay Shetty, Mel Robbins, and Lewis Howes. They are probably my most sought after and you know next to you of course adam podcasters they are just amazing lifestyle experts and coaches in the area of like mind body and spiritual excellence um i listen to one of them each day on the way to and from work because i have a 45 minute commute but they really focus on being the best version of yourself, you know, making sure you're getting the mental exercises, the physical exercises, the emotional exercises. And, you know, psychologically, are you in a place, you know, where you're being kind to yourself and each other every single day and just thought provoking lessons that make you think about, you know, situations differently and how you approach life, but definitely always being centered in excellence and being the best version of yourself. Which leads me to, you know, your the second part of your questions, which is, you know, what would be the priorities for your kids of, you know, in this country? And honestly, it would be being the best version of yourself. I think we get a lot of information. I mean, obviously, you know, Google and artificial intelligence, they can teach everything. But I think one of the things that um, maybe some of our kids are struggling with is those good human life skills. You know, and I did a presentation for my middle schoolers back in January, we do a monthly assembly for them. And the principal had asked me, can you give a motivational talk to the sixth, seventh and eighth graders? 
And I said, sure, you know, what do you, what do you want me to talk about? He's like, I don't know, just pick something that you think would be meaningful and relevant to them. Well, you know, so here I am talking to like anywhere from 11 to 14 year olds. And I just said exactly that, like leadership and life skills on being the best version of yourself. And I broke it down, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And it was A, actions speak louder than words, you know? So if you can't find a kind person, be one and treat people the way you want to be treated. B, be a bucket filler you know, give compliments, smile, be inclusive, take turns, share all those like really simple, basic skills that people just don't do enough of on a daily basis and see choices. Your choices have consequences, you know, good or bad, you need to learn from them and build upon them. You know, if you make a mistake, you know, how do you avoid that in the future? If you did something well, how do you build upon that and get stronger at that? And then D, dream big, right? If your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. So just shoot for the stars and have this amazing vision of who you want to be and how you want to do it. And surround yourself with people that are going to support and promote and elevate you in those dreams. Um, be a good friend. Again, treat people the way you want to be treated. Be kind to others. Um, support and elevate each other. Rise people up. Don't cut people down and surround yourself with people that are going to do the same for you. So that friendship piece and those relationship pieces are so important. And then G is, you know, grace and gratitude, you know, not just saying thank you, right. But truly having a grateful heart and focusing on, um, the abundance of what you have in your life, as opposed to the deficit, you know, deficit thinking, and just truly being grateful for all the things that you've been given, all the gifts that you have, simple as your breath, you know, for the days, you know, you're the, the loved ones around you, but just having that grateful heart and constantly having that mindset, I think will really, all of these things put in place um, will just make you a better person, make you the best version of yourself. And they're so simple but unfortunately they're not easy. And so I think just reoccurring lessons and examples and bringing people in to support and bring that mindset to our young people, I think would make this country and this world such a different and better place. I have this vision of Bhavna descending on Washington, Washington DC with her entourage. Kind of reminds me of Reese Witherspoon when she went to Harvard Law School. She had her dog and all her bags. And you have Jay Shetty, who is the monk guy. He's got a great book. You have Mel Robbins, who has two awesome books, The High Five Habit and The Five Second Rule. Really, really pivotal books that I've read as well. You got your husband, you got your trainer, you got all these people and Bob just like rolling in. Diamonds are dropping everywhere, you know, so um i would uh i would love i would love to see that so um the next question you know is a little bit more personal and you and you and i have talked about this actually you know personally on the phone but you have a you have a comeback story um you know which i think is um it's a powerful story and i want you to share as much of it as you know as you feel comfortable with you know details and such but i think it's important bob because a lot of people out there they have they have something happen to them and it's really hard for them to move past something you know negative or bad lack of a better term that that happens um, one of my one of my favorite books is called make your bed by admiral william mcraven and um, he was a navy seal for 35 years he ran all special operations for our country all over the world and he has a story about you know getting fired from a seal platoon as a commander and and what he did after that and you know he 
he came back and he he did something different. So with what you're comfortable, can you maybe just share some anecdotes and maybe lessons learned and just some uh, some ideas for the for the listeners about, hey, if they've gone through something, what what they can do to kind of come back from it? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I know you and I have talked about this. So, you know, you have the details and, you know, you shared my Twitter handle with people. So if people, you know, want to know more or learn more or just, you know, have another ear to uh, connect with, please at B Sharma Lewis, reach out to me and I'll, cause I'm going to give you just a snapshot of my two year ordeal uh, with a pretty, you know, horrific and I thought, you know, emotionally tragic situation. But, you know, almost 10 years ago, I was hired by a board, um, actually 12 years ago, but I left 10 years ago. But anyway, I was hired by a board um, who I ended up, I didn't work with. So I was hired in December and then April elections came and three new board members were hired and they were hired to, or excuse me, elected, and they were elected to undo everything the previous board did. And from day one, it was typical mean girl issues. And the board president that was elected um, was a mean girl, you know, and that's why, you know, I hold women in leadership so important and so close to my heart because the experience that I went through, a woman used her position and power to make my life miserable without even knowing me, without even knowing what my skills were, without knowing me as a person, you know, understanding my vision or the direction of, you know, why I was hired and where I'd like to take the district, you know, that was something that she wasn't interested in. And, you know, from day one, it was, she created a hostile work environment, um, harassed me, you know, emotionally. There was a lot of discrimination about my race and my gender and being a working mom and, you know, making situations very challenging and difficult for me on purpose um, to see, you know, basically, would I crack? And so, you know, I just continued and I really, really tried to just continue to leave with love and positivity and grace because the entire organization was depending on me um, to be their rock, right? Like as a leader, the organization takes on your personality and your attitude. And I couldn't let the kids and the staff and the community down because they, I was hired to do a job and my team, you know, and I just continued to forge ahead and say, you know, this is how we're going to do things. I understand just kind of tune out that white noise that's, you know, going on, you know, at the board level, let me handle it, but we've got work to do because kids don't have a year to waste because of all the political stuff that's going on in their community. So I think the straw that kind of broke, you know, the camel's back was they had taken a no confidence vote of me in a board meeting or a closed session meeting where I kind of shared with them, this is what I was experiencing and that the board president was harassing me and she was making racial slurs and saying, you know, disrespectful things and created a hostile work environment. And I felt, you know, harassed by her. And instead of taking my side, they, or even supporting me or putting interventions in place to, you know, to make it better and improve the situation, they took a no confidence vote on me. And then they offered my job, basically said that they're you know going to fire me. And they offered my job to the, my assistant superintendent and said, you know, once we fire Bobna, we'd love for you to take it on. Now, fortunately, he and I were good friends. We had a great positive relationship, working relationship, very respectful. You know, he told me about it and I told him he had to do what was best for him and his family. And I would completely understand. 
Um, he ended up not taking the job. And, you know, we, to this day, we're still friends, but it really, that moment was kind of like the turning point of like, I can't fix crazy, right? No matter what I say, no matter what I do, I'm not going to make this situation better. They were out to get me and there wasn't, you know, I just couldn't continue to A, live like that. And I couldn't let my family see me like that. And at the time my boys were little, you know, they were probably 11 you know, 10 and 10 and 12 at the time. But anyway, they were little and they were watching me, you know, go through this and it was just really painful. And I, you know, I'm not independently wealthy. I needed my job. And I remember going to my husband, like, I don't know what to do, but I cannot continue to keep going back there. And this is, you know, what they're saying and they're doing, and they've offered Brian the job and, you know, right in front of me. And I, and he said, you know what, let's go in there and just quit. You don't need, you don't need this job anymore. We're going to work it out um, financially, you know, we'll make it work. Don't worry about it. And I think that confidence and courage from him that it was going to be okay, no matter what happened, just kind of gave me the strength, um, you know, to basically say, let's, let's have a separation agreement at the end of the year. Let's do it respectfully. Let's do it cordially, amicably. Let's not take the organization and the district and the community down. Let's just, you know, agree to disagree and have kind of an amicable, you know, resolution to this. And so for those of you that don't know what a severance agreement is, it's pretty much that they're firing you because they need to do it in public. And, you know, they, every action, you know, every contract that a board approves has to be done in public. So, you know, I was fired in public. It was probably one of the most humiliating and painful and shameful experiences that I have. Uh, had to endure, you know, because your entire life you have worked towards this goal of, you know, being a superintendent, you finally get there, all of your friends and family see you do this, but then they see your demise, you know, your public dis demise. Um, so that was really hard for me. That was a big, you know, a big, big, big humble pie that I had to eat. Um, but I believe the way that I led through it all and um, I think just had that positive attitude and was graceful and kind to everybody um, throughout the organization, including the people that didn't deserve my kindness, which was, you know, the board members. Um, Karma and Destiny came, you know, came back and District 76 was looking for a superintendent. They basically said to me, my board president, you know, after she saw some of the board meetings and how I was treated and read some of the board minutes and, you know, what happened, she said, you have the strength of, you know, just an amazing, amazing, courageous woman. And this is what we need in our district to turn it around. And so again, I say, you know, the comeback is stronger than the setback. Um, and my advice to people is, you know, don't wrestle with pigs in mud because the pigs like it and you end up getting dirty. So just rise above it, you know, stay on the high road. It's less crowded there. It's not always easy. It's definitely not easy, but people are always watching you and um, especially as a leader. So you just always have to keep your head above it and keep your eye on the prize and, you know, your focus on what's ahead of you. And my focus was, you know, I needed my job. I needed to support my family. I needed to put my boys through college and, you know, that's what I needed to do to survive. So that's where that grace and strength came from. Um, and then I think the turnaround piece of it, you know, we're kind of, you alluded to this earlier, where the diamond and sparkle on comes from is, you know, I didn't want to be known in the next chapter of my story of the woman who got fired or the girl who couldn't get along with her board or had mean girl issues, or, you know, there was just 
incompetence, you know, somewhere? What did she do? Did she steal money? Did she do something illegal? And no, you know, and I think that's where the brand of, okay, how do I want people to really know me, who Bhavna is and what she went through? And I feel like that's where Sparkle On was born. And that's, you know, that's a mindset. That's a positive mindset of just bringing your best self every single day and spreading positivity and, you know, that contagious enthusiasm into whatever you do, whether it's something with your family, something with your friends or your entire organization and community. Um, You know, that's your brand and that's who you are. And you got to live that every single day. Well, I thank you for sharing that, uh, that comeback story, that story of resilience. I think a lot of people out there can, can associate with something that they have gone through, you know, in, in their life potentially, and that how it doesn't have to define you. It's, it's how you approach it. You have your family and you make good decisions. And I love what you said about, uh, don't, uh, don't wrestle with pigs in the mud. And, you know, I say something similar, like don't argue with professional arguers because they, they like it and they're going to win. And when you go high they go low you go high and you stay high and you stay above board and that got you to a new district and to a new board because people see that and they they know what's going on people i think people really they're watching and um and they know what's going on so again i appreciate you bobna for sharing that you know it's those personal stories i think that other people can hear and learn from that just makes everybody a little bit stronger. So let's shift gears a little bit. Who is someone that is on your staff that you would like to give a shout out to on the podcast? I have the most amazing staff and the most amazing team, um, always keeping kids at the center of their decision-making and their priorities. But two individuals, if I can take two, is probably Sammy Calderon, who is our community liaison, and Kim Vetter, who is our food service coordinator. And those two women just, I think, go above and beyond just our four walls of our school. And Sammy is, you know, when we say a community liaison, just reaching out to any family in need, whether it's a new family or a current family, and just giving them resources and making connections with them and talk, you know, reaching out personally, giving out her cell phone and going to do home visits and saying, have you thought about this? Or, you know, you need a job, but you need an outfit. You need to go, you know, here's our welcome center that where we give things for free. Oh, you just lost everything in a fire. Okay. Well here, let me connect you to, you know, the following organizations that will help you. Let me drive you there. I mean, she just, leads with her heart and has really turned around our community liaison program as an extension of our school. So it's not just about how kids are doing and how, you know, we need them to come to school so they can learn. It's how can we get them to feel safe and loved outside of school and give them the resources to do so and not just them, but their families. So they know that they're really cared for and loved too. And Kim is just amazing. And she really stepped it up during, you know, the pandemic where, you know, a lot of our families, I shared earlier that, you know, 60% of our families are free and reduced lunch come from a low income background, but that doesn't capture it accurately because we have a lot of our families are immigrants and they may not legally be here. So they don't fill out the paperwork. Um, You know, they're here to work. And so I think, you know, even though that number is high, you know, that 60-ish percent. I know it's a lot higher than that in actuality. So our kids depend on, you know, their breakfast and lunch every day at our school. And when our schools were shut down and throughout the summer, Kim was there every single day, making sure the families that needed it came to school, picked up their 
uh, lunch, picked up their breakfast for the week, you know, and made sure that they were taken care of and that they were fed. And also, you know, provided access to, to resources and to groceries and to fresh um, boxes of foods and those resources that we have and worked closely with Sammy to do so. I, so I think those two amazing women um, just have so much heart, have so much soul, have so much passion. And when you talk about kids' names, strength and need, they know them all. And so I just love them for it. Yeah, we love the shout outs on the podcast. We're going to we're going to keep that as a mainstay of the podcast cuz I don't know if those people ever hear that, but it's just good. It feels good to talk good about people. And I just don't think that we that we do it enough uh, in schools. So, all right, Bobna, you can choose one person alive or dead to spend the day with who is not a family member. Who would it be and why? This one honestly, Adam was probably your one of my the easiest questions and the most fun. Tina Turner, God rest oh. her soul. Um, not only was she beautiful and not only was she talented, um, not only was she smart, but talk about a true comeback story. You know, I'm not even going to compare myself to her, but just, you know, I took my boys to go see her show in uh, on Broadway. And then I took my husband to see her show, you know, in, when she came to Chicago, or well, the show was in Chicago. But anyway, that to me was like, this person is so important in my life just because the challenges, the struggles that she went through, her broken heart, and how she was just physically and emotionally, you know, abused by the person that she should, that should have loved to care and cared for her and kept her safe. You know, and if you don't know her story, you know, watch what's love got to do with it. And you'll, you'll see it. And, you know, her book is called happiness becomes you. Um, it's just, it's just an amazing story. And again, just proves what I said earlier that your, you know, your comeback is stronger than your setback. And she is the epitome of that and talk about sparkle on. I mean, she did every single day and just then turn her life around, not only in her professional life, but personally, you know, just spiritually, you know, becoming a Buddha and chanting and finding love again and raising her boys to be such an, you know, such a great example of a woman in power, um, but never letting it get to your head, right? Just always staying humble and kind. So I would say Tina, I could probably learn so much from Tina. I think you're the first person on the podcast to name drop Tina Turner. So that's a first. Uh, I love it. I love it. Bhavna, a big part of this podcast is just amplifying the voices of my guests. So I am just going to pass the microphone over to you to close us out. What would you like to say to all the people that listen to this podcast? Oh, my. Okay. Thank you, Adam. I would say learn from your experiences. They're there for a reason. Um, lead and live with love and making sure you're living your legacy every single day. Not what is your legacy, but who is your legacy and surround yourself with amazing people. Be extra. Everybody loves a little extra sauce. Everybody loves the little, you know, extra vibe. So I would just say be extra, live out, live out loud. Everybody has a story. Um, own your story, be proud of it, live it out loud and always sparkle on. Bhavna Sharma Lewis, B Sharma Lewis on Twitter. So the people listening, they probably think that we've had dinner, we've hung out. You are one of the people that I've never met in person. You know, we've known each other for years. We've gotten to know each other better over the last, you know, year and a half. 
And I think that's also just a really good reminder is to put yourself out there. And when you feel like there are good people, and obviously we have people uh, in, in common that are friends that you're good friends with, that I'm good friends with, but put yourself out there and, and make and make those connections. Because even if you're across the country, you can still connect and learn and support each other from afar. We all, we all need people in our corner. Bhavna, thank you for being in my corner always. Uh, I value our long distance friendship. It's uh, it's fun, and I know someday soon we will uh, we will we will be hanging out in person, dropping diamonds wherever you are. <laughs> I can't I can't wait, Bobna. Thanks for coming on the show, everybody listening. Thank you for all that you do, and I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.